0: episode 66 kirsten cable puts a new spin on language courses the online course guy podcast regular people are taking their knowledge and content and packaging it up in an online course and they're making a living doing it didn't you take some kind of course that covered this stuff
1: check it out it's a good course it'd good class ladies and gentlemen are you ready here's the online course guy Jacques
0: Hopkins. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jacques Hopkins, and welcome to episode 66 of the Online Course Guy podcast. We're coming at you today with an interview with somebody with online courses in language learning, and she put her own spin on this. It's really cool uh, what she's doing, and I'm going to tell you more about that in a second, but first, let me tell you about our sponsor of this podcast, and that is, of course, Bonjoro. With Bonjoro, you can quickly and easily, and simply put together a short video to send to anybody with an email address. For example, you can thank your customers after they sign up for your online course. Not just with an email with text, but with a video, a personalized video from you. And you know, it may sound like a lot of work, but how many new students are you getting on a daily basis? And Bonjoro makes this process so easy that it's just a no-brainer to do. And it's really inexpensive as well. And you can get a free 14-day trial by heading to this link. It's bonjoro.com slash Jacques. That's bonjoro.com slash J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. You have nothing to lose. Try it out. Free 14 days. And I think it's only like 20 bucks after that. So give it a shot. Follow that link. You won't regret it. All right, so I had Kirsten Cable on the show today who is a language learning expert. She herself knows, I think, 15 languages or something like that, but she teaches German and French and Spanish, but she also just teaches like a framework on how to learn any new language. And she she took a step back and she said, okay, what is it that r- people really need? What is it that people are really struggling with? And so she created a product that is unlike anything else I've seen. It's it's a generic language learning course that is not necessarily video-based, but there's a lot of resources, workbook, action plans inside of it. And it's really to set up your language learning on the right foot at the beginning. And so that was my favorite thing is just her spin on languages and language courses. And we got into a long discussion in the interview exactly about how this This course works that's not specific to any language because I'm able to think about my situation and there is a language that I want to learn and put myself in the position of somebody that's finding her and wants to learn a language. And so it's really, really interesting. And I would invite you as you're listening to this episode think about how you could put your own unique spin on whatever it is that you feel like you're an expert on and what you want to teach an online course about. She didn't just go out there and make one generic German language course. She thought differently, and you should too. So really good conversation. Let's jump into the full interview right now. Hey, Kirsten, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm excited to be on your show. Yeah. Thank
0: you. So how many courses do you have? And is there one that you're like your main one that you're mostly focused on?
1: I have, I have a bunch of courses on my teachable. I think I have six. Um, I think I've got six. There's one that just lives on Udemy. And then I've got some bits and bobs that are books and yeah, various other bits. I've got some books that are just on Amazon, et cetera.
0: And is there one like are you, are you are you is there one that's your main source of revenue that you're mostly focused on or is it kind of evenly distributed?
1: This it it switches around between the months. Sort of, I have a few German courses and French courses, sort of language specific courses that are always open. I have collaborated on a course, so I have a joint course out at the moment that isn't living on my. On my own school yet, but it will. Um, and that was, that was sort of probably revenue-wise the biggest thing this year because it was new and it was large and it was such a big piece of work. And for my school, I have one thing that I would consider my flagship, which is an unusual online course because it's not video-based it's um a book that i've written co- accompanied by a set of worksheets and there's a bit of video around it but really i wanted my learners to self-guide i wanted my learners to use what i provide um and not to really not to even distract them with video so i didn't really do that <laughs> and um that's out there it's called the language habit toolkit and it's designed to help learners new or stuck on intermediate any kind of self-guided learner who feels a bit overwhelmed Set up their own language learning routine, so it that one was sort of really that's probably my baby because it's the one that is most based on my own approaches, my own learning my own my own research you know and then me reading academic research into motivation and into psychology and language learning and I think it is the one probably that I have that takes that takes the most perspective while also giving my learner the most freedom if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so where where would I go to find more about your offering? I mean, you mentioned my teachable. Like do I need to go to the teachable website or do you have a website and where can I go and possibly even buy something from you?
1: The main um the, thank you very much. You can certainly buy something from me. That's funny. Uh the main page where I where really my main home on the internet is fluentlanguage.co.uk. That's kind of my main website. And on that website, you've got my blog and it links to um, or it's got like a special page for the toolkit because the toolkit, I really consider my flagship. And it is the course that is most relevant to learners of any language, not just a German learner or a French learner. But if you are learning Spanish, if you're trying to teach yourself Arabic, if you're trying to pick up Russian, it doesn't matter because this is a universal process so you kind of you click on toolkit and then you would go there. If you wanted to see all the courses, you and you get that link by email when you join the newsletter, you go to school.fluentlanguage.co.uk.
0: Gotcha. So that that's an interesting approach you have with the toolkit to where it's more i guess more general more generic you can apply to multiple languages mm. what would you say the the main type of person what type of background do they have that you help
1: adult language learners really anybody who and and that goes from people who have always loved languages to people who have never felt like they get it never felt like they can do this which is the majority to be honest like i think I get the impression I got quite lucky in that I've always loved languages and I've always I've always done well with them. So I've always, you know, in school as well, I've, I took every opportunity that I could to learn languages. But what I realized when I started teaching them later is that when you're an adult learner and you're coming out of school, you almost have to unlearn school habits and you have to teach yourself new things about learning and you have to completely re re almost reprogram what you have in your mind about your own capabilities so you've got to change your mindset in order to learn a language it is very much one of those things it's a bit like running a marathon it's one of those things that people just think they can't do even though there is no reason why they can't do it it's it's obvious, you know if if I can do it, you can do it. if anybody can do it, there is there's nothing special to a person who can do it. Uh, so it's a it's a kind of fascinating it's a fascinating field to work in in that way. and I love working with people who, who may still have that doubt in their mind, who may feel overwhelmed and to kind of work almost as a coach and guide them through it, which is what enables me i've done, I've done this for six years, which is what enables me to sort of aid people who are learning a language that that I have not got so much familiarity with?
0: So I definitely want to dive into the business side of things, but I'm fascinated <laughs> by what you're saying because i'm it sounds like i'm I'm like your ideal student myself <laughs> I'm, I'm frustrated, Kirsten. I, uh, You know, from my first name, you probably guess I do have some French background,
1: Mm -hmm. uh, even
0: though I'm in the United States. None of my relatives still speak French over here. I'm in Louisiana, uh, which is a a very, you know, if there is a French speaking area in the United States. Yeah, but, you know, I I can get around a little bit. I actually um, Mm -hmm. spent about three months, uh, two years ago, my family and I spent three months living in France in one city. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is it. This is my time to actually learn and get conversationally fluent. And I didn't. Um, and so that's, I've, yeah, I've tried learning. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
0: three months isn't is that long.
1: But yeah. I mean,
0: how, how do you take somebody like me and, and get them actually to have results in an online course?
1: <laughs> well, this is this is I think why the language habit toolkit is such a different approach to an online course. And there are courses out there that, that are more about here are the foundations of language learning and here's how to do your flash cuts and here's how to do your vocab and sort of they're very technical. Um whereas where I came in was sort of actually where I see consistent and this comes from my own learning. This comes from me having to learn how to learn by myself. Because I have a degree in English and French, my native language is German. So I'm I'm fully a German speaker. I never spoke another language until I was ten, um, but I speak English like this now. I speak pretty good French. And I've got my, I've got a degree in French from sort of fifteen years ago, and I speak. Spanish etc so all of my school education was always like you're doing fine you're doing fine you're doing fine and then after I was like all right now I'm going to pick up Polish and I realized that no you can't just pick up Polish you can't just pick up anything like that so (laughs) I had to over the years develop a method for myself that takes into account the fact that I'm doing this by myself and I don't just rock up in a class and it isn't it isn't no, lo- I, I had my full-time education in languages. So I sort of just did this by myself, but, but it was sort of my job. You just do it, but that all went away. So like you now, there's just no real reason why I need to learn languages, but I just love it. And I wanted to come up with a method that works for me. So I did a lot of this reading and I obviously had been teaching people. So I'd been seeing where others get stuck and I could feel where I get stuck and where your resistance comes in. And really language is a consistency thing it's a uh, and and where a lot of people fall flat I believe is is in goal setting and in high expectations of your results the idea that you will have a fluent you know you will have a fluent relaxed conversation in French uh, in France after just three months without too much of a um, what you call it a run-up uh, that's 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 a risky idea. That can pl- work, but most people just come away and it doesn't work, and they just feel like losers. So, and so then they don't try any. Then they don't try anymore, right? And then you then you're done because you think, oh, that didn't work. Clearly, I can't learn French, which is like, no, ha, 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 ha. And it, clearly you just haven't put the time in, but you've mm-hmm. got to put the time in. So the way I see language learning working is to plan well, set good goals, to track what you are doing. And the the language habit toolkit was originally tracking sheets. That was it came out of my my own bullet journaling routine. So I thought, oh, I'm going to design these so that other people can use them as well. And then to review what you're doing. So as I went through it with a test group, I shared with them the instructions. I shared with them the different sheets. I said, Hey, use this for a little bit. Tell me how it works. They came back. They gave me their feedback. I improved the sheets with their feedback. I added the review sheet. Now there's also a resource organizer and a weekly planner. So if you want, you can just print yourself this thing off or it's an, there's an interactive version as well. So you can type into it, print it off, and you can plan your whole week with your language learning goals. with a sort of, reminder to self why i 'm doing this at the end so it 's all kind of prompted for you it 's a bit like a it 's a bit like a journaling prompt kind of thing, but I wanted these to be digital and I wanted these to be accessible to people where they were already accessing my my usual language learning resources so and then I wrote a book around them and i start i started kind of looking at what can I do and I did a little bit of video I have done video courses in the past, but in this one it just didn 't feel. I didn't want to distract from the worksheets because the worksheets are the heart of this course and that's how I deliver it. And it, from what I have had in terms of feedback, it does really work. No one has kind of really complained that, they, that they're that they missing the video. Every now and then, like with every course that you sell, you might get a refund from somebody saying, oh, this isn't quite what I was looking for. But what I usually get is, oh, this is exactly what I was looking for because I wanted... I just I just want to be prompted. People don't necessarily need a big video demonstration in this particular course. So that, that's one thing that to approach a, a video course differently is quite hard on the internet because people expect a certain type of product. And I think I've pulled it off, but or at least so far but it is something slightly different but there's there's a companion course with it called focus and fluency which is much more the traditional format so often i i use that course to get people interested in the topic because that's more about productivity and like i say focus
0: well i certainly didn't expect to be fluent in french after just 3 months i had i had a background and and i could um i could get around do the basics form Sentences and kind of in general get what I wanted, but my problem was after three months, I didn't really seem to get any better. You know, people always say that you know to really learn a language, you have to get immersed. So I was somewhat immersed. I mean, I was with my family, so we always spoke English to each other, but I just mm-hmm. never, I didn't feel like I got better. And that's probably because I didn't have a plan and I wasn't actively practicing. So let's say that I, I was going to do that all over again. And are, are you telling me that I can go to your website, um, click on uh, toolkit and then I'm, I'm on the site right now and then I'll click <laughs> get the language habit toolkit and it's 59 bucks. I mean, I'm not going to be fluent in French with just a $59 product. Am I?
1: It doesn't teach you French, but with, with languages, most certainly like, I mean, I have got a French grammar basics course, which, which you are very much welcome to, to try out. Um, and that was my first online course that lived on Udemy for a really long time. And I made that on my old MacBook on the webcam. And at first just put it on YouTube and then at some point realized, hang on, if I make if I just add these six videos, then I've got the whole curriculum for level A one. And I'm totally just gonna to put this out there. So I mean, like I said, there is there is a French course, but I feel like the the way to learn a language, yes, immersion matters as a method. But I think you're not going to learn a language if you haven't got a strong reason, if you haven't got the strong why, and people need to get clarity about that. And because the thing about immersion is that for most learners, like, like yourself right now, it comes and goes. So if your immersion is your reason and you haven't got a burning kind of upcoming pressure to do anything then that's not going to consistently deliver and the way our memory works is not that something comes in and it just stays in forever it's it's got to come in repeatedly at repeated intervals and then slowly the intervals get longer and go further apart this is how you know you can see the algorithm in all big language learning um Apps, for example, you know any kind of big flashcard app, Anki or Memrise or Quizlet, they're all built on what's called spaced repetition, and you do need that in language learning. So if you don't have a reason to stick with it, if nothing obvious motivates you, or if you're just not in touch with that reason and you find it difficult to recall, like why bother, then you you will struggle. So the language habit toolkit is not so much about, here's French, do this. It is about why are you here? And it guides you through a process of finding out, well, why are we here? And then what are you going to, what do your next 30 days look like? Because I can't tell you his study plan, do this. It's got to be, Jacques, are you busy? Have you got time? Are you going anywhere? Does your wife speak French? Do you know anybody who speaks French? You know, all these different things that are individual to your life I just didn't feel I can prescribe them. So I wanted to offer something that will help people guide themselves through the process.
0: Okay. So if I signed up for this, (laughs) does this sound um, too nuts? No, I'm just, I'm trying to really understand it because I feel like I'm, I'm (laughs) I'm like target demographics here and I'm still not quite getting it. Right. So I understand that this is helping me put a plan together Mm -hmm. and, going to fast track results because I'm understanding the learning process um, mm-hmm. and I and, and have an actual plan. But then once I have those things, where do I go from there? You've got to, I mean, I've got to learn French somewhere.
1: Mm. So you set yourself, what you do is you set yourself vision goals, which are kind of the large, that's that's the, the part where you connect to your why, which I have actually seen i always thought oh god maybe this is too feminine maybe this is too touchy feely i don't know but i've actually seen many people who have sent in their worksheets to me and just go hey look i've done it this way am i doing it right um and i've seen a few from guys and and they told that like people get it like it's not a gender thing i had that in my head that's bobbins um people totally get this and after the vision goals, you, you focus on your other set of goals, which I call them path goals. Some people call them process goals. And that's really where we're thinking, okay, well, where are you at in French? What are you working on? In, we can, we can do that. I can coach you through this right now. So what are you, what, what are you working on in French right now? You say you've got the basics and you've done some French before. So what in terms of how you can express yourself, how you input in French, what are you working on at the moment?
0: so i'm not working on anything i'm i'm definitely'm okay. definitely frustrated um there was we, we met some people that their kid went to my daughter's school that uh, that lived in France, they're French, um, and they just came over to to kind of experience this and, and got jobs. Um, mm-hmm. I would have loved to have been able to converse with them in French, but and we tried a couple of times, but they were just <laughs> so much better in English than I was in French. And so mm-hmm. it's situations like that, that I'd love to be able to speak, and then of course, I want to continue to go to France take my family over there, experience other cultures. And it's so much better of an experience if you can converse with the people over there mm-hmm. in their language. Um, so right now I'm not doing anything actively, but that's kind of my goals with French.
1: Mm-hmm. So I would say the the trip to France, that's a sort of classic vision goal. That's sort of something that people have in their heads. And I said one of my own is, um, I'm, I'm a Welsh learner. And in, in Wales, they've got this competition called The Square You in. Uh, learner of the year. And I totally want to win that. (laughs) Or at least, you know, I totally want to throw my hat in and I never felt good enough for it. So maybe next year I can manage it. And that's been a long-term goal. So you've got these long-term goals in your head, but in the short term. So question one, really, you have to anchor things in where you are right now. And if right now you say, I'm not doing anything, that's a good hint for something that you could be doing, which is something, right? (laughs) And I break down the goals into four what I call core skills, or they just are the core skills in language learning, which are listening, reading, speaking, and writing. And you, ideally to be really fluent on a level, if we're thinking, you know, traditional exam fluent, you've got to have those four roughly on the same level. So this kind of gives you a hint. So you can examine yourself and go, oh, well, do I read French well? Do I maybe want to start there? Do I enjoy that? Do I have time for the next, you know? six weeks to start reading French a little bit. And reading could be even just, hey, I can decipher this. Hey, I can, I I look at 10 flashcards a day and I just see a little bit more French. Or when I set my browser up, I set it up so that it goes to a French website just so I see this a little bit, just so. And then I stare at this and once I've figured out five words, I'm done. So something like that. It's a really simple, small start. But I believe, and this is kind of personality as well, it's better to set a low goal and exceed than to completely fail and give up. Although some people like love to set a high goal, you know, and, and even a stretch goal. So it's kind of up to you. So that's your writing and you're thinking about your, or you, that's your reading. So then you're thinking maybe about your writing. What could you do? Could you text someone in French? Could you write a postcard to the family that you know in France? You know, like like start small. Start small because you've got to actually go from nothing to something and not from where you are to okay and I can converse fluently there's this whole there's this whole journey that we don't see it really is like I compare this to running a lot because running is my ever ongoing struggle in my life (laughs) like to try and get better at this damn thing but it's like when you do a couch to 5k you don't start off running a 5k you start off with sort of Okay, and now we're going to walk for four minutes and now we're going to jog for a minute. And then we're going to walk for four minutes and we're going to jog for a minute. And it's, it's a similar type of concept. So you, in, in the Language Habit Toolkit method, you set yourself these goals, these small goals. And then the idea is to do something every day. That's why it's called the Language Habit. Because once something becomes your habit, you don't worry about the results so much anymore. It's a bit, you know how smoking is a habit or Facebook you just you just do it before you even know you're doing it and that's where you want to in a way get to with languages you know it's where you want to get to with French it's just kind of part of your life it's just a thing that you do it's just how you roll and there are different ways of keeping yourself to that kind of habit and again these depend on depend on who you are but you know what works so for example you could pair it with a different activity Put that French podcast on as you're brushing your teeth, or if you're taking the dog for a walk, put a French podcast on, or something like that. Or it could be something. It could be something that isn't pairing, but it could be obligations based. So you book that tutor lesson. Um, maybe you tell your friend, "I'm going to give you six hundred dollars if I don't, you know, if I don't book four lessons this month and actually take those lessons." And they've got you for that. And maybe they even have your six hundred dollars, and then they'll give you them back only if, etc. So this really, really depends on you. And in the Language Habit Handbook, I run through various different examples and options for how people can kind of work through this. And then at the end of a set period, I usually recommend 30 days, although for a complete beginner, I might recommend 15 days. You would want to review what you've been doing. And then you've got your worksheet, you've got your daily check-ins, and then you review your daily check-ins and you go, well, what did I actually do? Did I do something every single day? And the idea is really that you already get the positive feedback because you've done something. But in addition to that, you also get to look back at everything that you did and the questions that it asks you kind of guide you through this little analysis process where you can go, okay, this is how last month went. This tool that I thought was going to be so amazing, this app that I thought was going to be so amazing, I opened it twice because it kind of sucks and it's kind of boring. And then you've got permission to just completely abandon that. And if you fail to hit a goal, you just set yourself a different goal. You know, you just, we can adjust it down a little bit. And it really, over the course of three, four months of doing this, you will see incredible amounts of progress because you will be actually doing something because you'll know, like exactly like you say, it's like you'll know what it is that you you want to do.
0: This is definitely a, a non-traditional course. <laughs> <laughs> No, I love it. This is great. Thank you so much for explaining that to me. I th- I think I have a much better understanding of how it works. Now, most online courses, like like you said, I mean, it's normally videos, and it's you watch mm-hmm. this video, and then you go through this video, and then this video, and it looks like you even have this, you know, language habit tool, toolkit hosted on Teachable, which mm-hmm. you know I thought was focused on videos. How are you executing an online course like this in something like Teachable?
1: When I first made the Language Habit Toolkit, uh, let me have a look at the, the curriculum so I get a sense of what it looks like on Teachable. When I first made it, I actually sold it on Gumroad, the, mm-hmm. the whole test version. And for the first few bits, it was I li- it lived on Gumroad. And I found that what Teachable allows me to do that Gumroad didn't, and that is really important with a course like this, to, is to split this into sections and to allow a learner to allow the curriculum to guide the learner through it. So a good online course, I think, lives with, lives on the, well, kind of is, I don't know, I don't have a metaphor for this, but, you know, it doesn't work when you don't have a well-designed curriculum. Your curriculum is really important because that is how you guide people through it. And I did actually carefully think about where which worksheets go. So, so that there is a kind of, there is a, there's an order to this, there's an, there's a system to this and there's an order in which you work your way through everything that you're seeing. And I may yet, I may yet film the videos. I may yet give in (laughs) to my own sort of resistance to this and film videos. But if I did, they wouldn't really be instructive videos. They would be more detailed instructions on how I, how I envisage the learner working with the worksheets and this okay. is really it's difficult right because it's a course that is designed to not be the crazy prescriptive course very yeah. much unlike a german grammar course that i teach which is literally like here is how german grammar works here's a thing <laughs> and that that has to be video based
0: so how are how are sales going for the language habit toolkit
1: last few months have been I've, it's been going it's been going well it's been going very well i've got a few i've had a few quiet months maybe especially last year, but it's sort of, you know, you know, if you don't sell, if you don't promote, then you don't sell anything. But with the toolkit, I have found that especially as my podcast has grown, it, it has, it makes sense that the toolkit sales have grown as well because they, it's, it's more visible to people where my voice resonates with them. And I have found that if I don't just put courses as a generic thing on my homepage, but instead openly put the toolkit out there and say, "Hey, this is the this is what you you know this is the thing to check out," um, that that works better. I found that not just in terms of selling anything off the website, but in terms of sales in total.
0: Yeah. So I was going to ask you next. How people are finding your courses, and it sounds like your podcast is is one of those ways. Is that the main way
1: I would say the podcast and the I have had this website for six years I've blogged for six years, so I have got an archive of hundreds and hundreds of language learning articles, and there's a good bunch that um, I think have quite high SEO
0: Yes, I was. I was noticing that. So one thing in particular I noticed is that uh, the search term Duolingo review uh, is number one. I bet you're getting a lot of traffic from that search term.
1: I'm getting a lot of traffic. I never know if that's such a good thing because I I, I have one blog article that I wrote that I I cannot take it down because I don't find it. It, it it's not that it doesn't reflect my opinion anymore, but it is a. Re, it's not even a review as such. It is just why does Duolingo bother me and it was me trying to trying to work out in myself it was almost like this sort of me coming to myself and going well what 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 bothers me about Duolingo which is clearly such a wonderful good thing but at the same time it's there are reasons why it's not such a good thing and actually many of the issues that I raise not all of them certainly not all of them but some of the issues that I raise with Duolingo in the article, Duolingo has since resolved. So what I decided to do was to very much signpost, I have got an update to this. I would advise you to check out up the update. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This this article. <laughs> and also, you don't want to take down your big, your big SEO poll, do you? <laughs>
0: no. And for those and that don't...
1: Hundreds of comments on that article still.
0: I noticed. Yeah. And for those that don't know, Duolingo is a language learning app that's free. And uh, yeah, you're ranking number one for the for the words Duolingo review. And Duolingo is very, very that. popular. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, all right. So we, you mentioned the podcast. Mm-hmm. It, it, is that your main motivation for doing the podcast is kind of be at the top of the funnel and drive traffic and drive sales into your courses and other products?
1: No, you may have noticed so far about me that I am more passion minded than I am business minded. <laughs> so obviously you got to live, right? So you have to think you have to think business and um at the at the moment but the way I think about online courses I've noticed is often um, it, not always but but it it can be very it can be a little bit alternative so I, I, for example, I've really enjoyed doing the partner course that I did this year because that sort of keeps me on the straight and narrow and helps me deliver something very nice and mainstream appropriate. But the podcast is now the podcast is a, it's, There's it's something you wanted to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it sort of stuck and then it sort of got better and it sort of got, you know, like, and it really did improve over the many years and it, it does have sponsorship. So it's sort of just about pays for itself at the moment.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Why do you still have courses in multiple places? Udemy, your mm-hmm. website, maybe somewhere else.
1: I have got. I've moved most of my courses to Teachable, except for one course that is still. I think I've got. I think I've got hyper efficient German on Udemy, which is is very much a mini course that that is designed to. It takes some of the big German courses um, stuff. And it adds a little bit, but really it's a, here's the best of the German courses. And the idea is to to try and give people the sense of the 80-20 rule. So if you fix these 20%, you're going to get 80% better in your German, but it is a taster for the big courses. That's why it lives on Udemy because Udemy discount, you notice, know right? Udemy discounts like crazy. So it makes sense as a sort of, business card if somebody likes that I know they're gonna love the German courses the bigger ones the other course that lives on Udemy is a course designed for teachers and that's partly because it's it's almost the only product I have for teachers and that's it I just I'm not marketing it massively so I'm actually getting more revenue from it with it living on Udemy and it's got it's it's also a very nice um source of testimonials is udemy, so I think I've got seventy nine four and five star ratings, which is nice and something that you can show other people as well and that is a very traditional video course,
0: <laughs> so you mentioned the eighty twenty 20 principle and mm-hmm. I think for somebody that is kind of that has a topic that they want to create an online course but doesn't necessarily know how to differentiate themselves, I think that's a good place to start, in my opinion. That's actually the approach I take with piano. I have a beginner piano course. That's the main source mm. of income for my family. And I'm not teaching people to be experts on the piano, but I'm trying to mm. get them the most amount of results in the least amount of time. Sounds like you're a fan of that principle as well.
1: Mm. I believe that often... You can, you really, especially with languages, you really can see it and you really have to see it, but it it works best with an intermediate learner in language learning because they're going to make, they're going to not all of them focus on the mistakes, on fixing the mistakes that are the most relevant. But I think you have to be really an an absolute expert teacher to know which 20% to tweak so that that student gets 80% better. I think it's a wonderful value proposition. It's a wonderful proposal to give a student to say, hey, do this little bit of work and you're going to be this much better. Sounds good. <laughs> yes.
0: What, a, what advice do you have for somebody that's uh, just starting out and wants to create an online course?
1: If you're making your first online course, mm-hmm. I think you're never wrong to go with something that, you know, to... I'm obviously creative with how I approach online teaching. And I made my first video course when I'd already written a book or two. So I kind of knew how to structure something. I think structure is absolutely critical. You have to, you have to have an outcome for your learner, and you have to guide them in a in a very firm, firm way. In a way, right? They have to know where they're going. Now, when I make a course that is, for example, French grammar for beginners, or the I think it's finally get it in French grammar because I had so many people who said, oh, I did French at uni and now I'm coming back to it. This is perfect because now I finally get it. Like the explanation is good. Um, That course has got an intro lecture that explains to people, you can jump around in this because each topic lives by itself. It doesn't build on top of each other. And I think as a course designer, you have to think through Am I, going, am I designing a, an, a library of information? Am I designing something that people will follow step by step by step by step? Think about how your learner will work through it and ideally have between five and 10 testers and see how they interact with what it is that you're making and also make it about half the size that you think in your head it should be.
0: Yeah, that, that's, that's all really good advice. It's interesting where you need to actually think about if you want to do step-by-step or more of a library of, of topics. And I hadn't really thought about that. To me, I was thinking when I was baking my piano course, okay, obviously, it's got to be step-by-step. But I had somebody who also has a piano course, very successful on the show, and he's got this a la carte system. and And I didn't mm. really get it. He's in the same niche. He's successful and Mm -hmm. it works for him as well. So yeah, that's definitely something for people out there to think about and pick what's going to work best for them.
1: Yes. So
0: Kirsten, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed talking, um, you know, the specifics of language with you and then of course getting more information about your online courses. You're Um, welcome. But we're about out of time. So why don't we close by uh, let people know where all they can find your stuff online, websites, courses, podcasts, and then if there's anything else you want to share with the audience.
1: Okay. So the best website to get a sense of who I am, what my blog is about, find my podcast, and find the Language Habit Toolkit is fluentlanguage.co.uk. And if you want to cut straight to everything I teach, which is German grammar, German pronunciation, anything with German really, uh, French language, and then also how to teach yourself a language more effectively more productively get better results that is all at school.fluentlanguage.co.uk and as you can hear in my accent i live in britain so i have a.co.uk.
0: thanks kirsten
1: you're welcome <laughs>
0: All right, thank you so much again to Kirsten for joining me on the show today. You can find all the links we talked about and the show notes from today's episode by going to the slash 66. Don't forget to check out our sponsor of this podcast, not because they're the sponsor of this podcast, but because it can genuinely improve your life and improve the life of your customers or potential customers, and it's just a really good tool. Bonjoro.com slash Jacques for your free 14-day trial. And check out the free online course workshop that I have at theonlinecourseguy.com. This is going to teach you how to create and or grow a profitable online course business. And it's going to teach you a lot of things, including the only three things that you need to focus on to have a profitable online course. You don't need to focus on everything out there. Just focus on these three things and it'll work. Check that out at theonlinecourseguy.com. And guys, stay tuned. There's more of this podcast, more interviews coming your way very soon. We'll see you in the next episode.